Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out. See their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad I get to hang out with you again today, and I'm going to kick us off with a question. Okay, nobody's looking. You can raise your hand or just do it inside your head. Tell me, raise your hand, if you're a worrier. (laughs) Are you a parent who gets anxious and worried about worst-case scenarios, especially as they apply to your kids? Are you a worrying parent? Well, Sissy Goff is with us to help today, and whether you consider yourself an anxious person or a general worrier or not, we all have those moments, right? Where we get caught in a cycle and kind of go to the worst place. Well, Sissy has some really, really practical help. Now she's been with us before talking about kids who worry on the podcast. I'll link to that in show notes. Um, Sissy is a best-selling author. She's an amazing counselor to adolescents, especially girls and parents in Tennessee. And she's just got so much experience and wisdom. I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Please be sure to share this one with your friends if you know someone who might need some help in this area. Now, one thing that Sissy's going to tell us is that if you have a child who's anxious, a child who worries, most of the time there's at least one parent who is as well. And so this stuff runs in the family and there's help for all of us. So I think you're going to be really encouraged by everything that Sissy shares. Now, real quick, before we dive into this interview, I just want to make sure you all know that you are invited to be a part of my very favorite group of people, and that is my email list. Each week I send out an email with at least a link to a the most recent podcast or anything else I've written or shared. Um, But that's also the place that I go to first when I have news or updates or something really fun or special to share. So I would love to have you join us and you can join that email list by going to monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. I will never share your email. I will never spam you. I take good care of my email people. Okay. We've got some big news, a few things coming up, a few shifts in how I'm doing things here. So you're going to hear more about that uh, the first week 
of September, but um, you want to be on that list in the meantime. Okay. So thank you guys. I can't wait to share this conversation with all of you. So without further ado, here's Sissy Goff and I talking about how we can become worry-free parents. I hope you're encouraged. Hey, Sissy, welcome back to the podcast. Monica, I'm so honored you'd have me back. I'm so always glad to get to talk to you. Well, I love talking to you, and I just love everything that you're about and just appreciate you and your work so much. So um, I'm sure most people remember you, and I'm going to point to the other episodes you've been on with me, but if you can just give a quick introduction to who you are and where you are and all that. Yes, I am Sissy, as we just said, and I am in Nashville, Tennessee, where I have been counseling kids and families at a wonderful little place called Daystar Counseling Ministries for 30 years. Mm. I can't even believe I'm on my 30th year. And out of that work that I feel very privileged to get to do, I get to write and speak Mm -hmm. and podcast myself and Mm -hmm. some things like that just as you're doing, you know, we just are in the trenches together trying to help parents, yeah. help families as much as we can. So yes, I love the work that God has called me to do and feel very blessed to get to do it. Well, I was in Tennessee for the first time last fall and I wished I had one more day because I wanted to come visit. Tell us about where you were. I was going to say, I know, oh, I, I was so close, to see you. Oh, it was Dave a quick. both. Yes, yes. Tell yes. us about a little bit more about that. Yes. So I am in a practice because we work so much with kids, we want it to feel as warm and disarming as it possibly can. So we are actually in a little yellow house that's not so little anymore. We have, Mm -hmm. I think, 2,000 families coming right now, but a yellow house with a white picket fence. The offices look like living rooms. My dog goes to work with Mm -hmm. me every day. We actually have 13 human counselors and five canine counselors Mm -hmm. on staff, which, you know, kids are just afraid to go to counseling so much of the time and obviously to go be vulnerable with someone Mm -hmm. you've never met. And so Mm -hmm. the dogs and the atmosphere, we have popcorn popping in the kitchen every (sighs) afternoon. You know, it just is, is, I think if I were a kid, I would find a reason to need counseling to come (laughs) after school popcorn and curl up with a dog and talk like, hello, who doesn't want that? I you know. must have a wait list, quite a wait list to get in we there. We do have oh. a little bit of a wait list, yes. Oh, but how special. And you it's work alongside funny. David Thomas, who's been on this podcast before. And oh, we just love yes. you guys so much. I was just telling my husband yeah. about where you work and how great that must be. And to be able to have your you. dogs there with you. Well, I love it. And I also thought of you immediately um, when we had the the recent, as we're talking, and it is recent, just in this year, 2023, Um, the Covenant School shooting. And Mm. as soon as I heard about that, I thought, I wonder how close that is to where you are. And sure enough, you were very much right um, there and knew some families. Can you just give us a little bit of the backstory there and how you were involved? Yes, it is in my neighborhood and Mm. um, is a school that I have spoken at I don't know how many times over the years. Mm. And Catherine Kuntz, who was mm. the head of school, was a dear friend of mine. Mm. David's as well was actually David's wife's boss for, I think, eight mm. years. And so wow. their family was really close to her. And um, she loved Daystar. And mm. and we have a lot of covenant families at Daystar as well. And so, yeah, I mean, like everybody. I, I, I heard that it was happening in real time. Mm. Somebody texted me and said, there's a shooter at Covenant. And mm. I just, I didn't even believe, yeah, I you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, no, there's no, it's just the smallest 
sweetest, most nurturing school. I just couldn't fathom that that could be happening. And so anyway, I I was counseling in 20 minutes or something. So I went to work and, and then think, you know, people were canceling and I immediately canceled. I mean, I'm sorry. I immediately texted Catherine Kuntz to say, we're here. What can we do? We will be over there in two seconds. Please let me know. Not having any idea that she was one of the victims. And, and so our staff pretty quickly started getting water together and grabbed one of the dogs and we went to the reunification center. And so I spent the day there with parents and, you know, talking to them individually and then just trying to help all of them on what do you, how do you talk to your kids? You know, they were all saying, how do I tell my daughter that her best friend died today Mm -hmm. in a school shooting? Mm -hmm. You know, they just aren't going to, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's just unfathomable conversations. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, and, and we have had the horrible privilege of walking a lot of, alongside a lot of kids and families Mm -hmm. since, and, you know, it's just our community really rallied around each other in such a beautiful way and will be impacted by this for the rest of our lives. You know, it's like something that you can never go back. You can never unsee, hear, learn when you've been through something like that. I remember after 9-11 thinking, Mm. I'll just never be the, our world won't ever be the same. But when you've been through something so close to home, I'm sure your community really has been impacted. Have you experienced then a change, a shift in general in just the anxiety level and what goes on with the people that you regularly interact with there? Yes. I mean, with the Covenant kids, certainly Mm. they are struggling. And the ones who were anxious before Mm. are that much more anxious. Now, I mean, there are a lot of kids who are really resilient. We you know, as again, especially as the body of Christ does, I had a psychologist reach out to me who's a believer who was involved after Sandy Hook mm. immediately. Somehow oh. she got all my information and Good. she was the one who said, which I think is so interesting and true. She said, you know, it was for us, it was the kids who were anxious before that had the, the hardest time and the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same has been true here, mm-hmm. yeah. both at Covenant and just in general, kids yeah. being impacted in sure. our community. Yes, I, I have a couple of friends actually in Tennessee who are um, not not real near Knoxville and other areas mm-hmm. who had kids in other preschools and um, private Christian schools. And they're like, I'm trying to encourage my child to not be anxious. But if I'm honest, I'm struggling. Like, how do I fake? Like, I'm not scared to send them. How do I keep going forward when I'm terrified? But I have to, like, what a challenging position to be in, right? Uh, Yes, exactly. We had a, that afternoon, one of the boys at Daystar who was coming for counseling, he said, I mean, his mom, I think was just panicked and kept Mm -hmm. trying to check on him. And he finally said, mom, this is just a part of our lives. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't yours. I'm really okay. It upset me, wow. but I'm okay. You wow. know, which is tragic. Yes, I hate that, it's that, that would even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's because clearly this is a part of our world and a part of our lives yes. now. But can we talk a little bit more generally about anxiety and mental health? And you and I have talked about this before. But uh, how would you say, or what would you say has has changed? Maybe even before this incident. What's going on in our world? How can we maybe wrap our minds around what's going on and maybe come to understand it for what it is? Mm. 
Well, anxiety is definitely on the rise. And mm. you and I talked before about mm-hmm. it being on the rise in kids. Mm-hmm. You know, now we are at one in four children, mm-hmm. one in three adolescents, which I think is up since you and I Ooh, talked. Mm-hmm. And girls are twice as likely as boys to deal mm. with it. But we're also talking about one in three adults mm-hmm. with women twice as likely to mm. deal with it. And mm. so wow. it is, it's on the rise everywhere. And it's not just an isolated issue among kids. It's certainly, I'm talking to more anxious parents than I've ever talked to before, sure. even outside of the school shooting. Yes, yes, which is so great that you have a book that is very timely to all of this. So tell us a little bit about your most recent book, which probably as this airs will just be coming out. It's called The Worry-Free Parent. And I think that shift there from talking about kids to talking about their parents, tell us how the two relate. Well, they certainly do. And (laughs) I I think I just sat with so many parents Mm. in my office who were saying things like, you know, I never had any anxiety until I had kids. Mm. And now I can't stop worrying about X, whatever X is. And I'm afraid my anxiety is making theirs worse. Sure. What do I do? Mm -hmm. And, and I think, you know, we are living in the season of parents who are, I I mean, I think we would probably agree more intentional than they have ever been Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more aware, better educated, My mom read one parenting book in her life. It was Dr. Spock. And I think all he said was smile at your baby. And so inevitably my sister and I smile a lot. But, you know, we just, we know so much that I think in some ways it's made us more anxious. Yeah, that would make sense. It's so many voices coming in and the voices don't necessarily agree with each other, which makes Mm. it even harder. So, right. Yes. So I think parents are anxious and I think parents are anxious about their kids level of anxiety. I think parents (laughs) are anxious about technology, school shoot. I mean, all the things that are happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, and I say this to parents a lot, that I think the, the number one thing you can do for your children is to manage your own anxiety. Yes, absolutely. Well, I read in your book that anxiety is contagious. And that resonated with me because I think about the people I know who have the most anxious kids and typically one of the parents, typically the mom and the relationships I have. Tell us a little bit about that and what you know about that. Well, you said it beautifully, Monica. (laughs) That's right. I mean, Mm. as a parent, if you're anxious, you're from a statistical standpoint, your kids are seven times more likely Mm. to deal with anxiety. But I am experiencing exactly what you said. When I sit with anxious kids, Mm -hmm. I really do think 100% of the time Mm -hmm. there is at least one anxious parent. Mm. And the hard part of it is when we're talking about kids and anxiety, you know, they're anxious about being away from their mom or dad and Mm -hmm. their mom or dad, something bad happening to to them when they're away, or they're anxious about throwing up or Mm -hmm. failing a test. Mm -hmm. But as a parent, you're anxious about school shootings yeah. and you're anxious about the fact that it feels like your daughter doesn't have any friends mm-hmm. or your son can't find anything that he finds any confidence mm. in. And so I think for parents, mm. it's so much harder to shut the anxiety down uh-huh. and and to even replace it with more healthy coping strategies because worry becomes a way of life It does. because there are so many things. And in some ways you feel like it's good parenting. Right. To worry about them. Well, and these are legitimate concerns, right? Right. Like it's hard to just say, just don't be anxious when it's, you have to admit these are things that are worthy of some thought and consideration. And so, yeah, tell, okay. So you talk here about the relationship between fear, worry, and anxiety. Maybe that will help us kind of move into what to do about the anxiety. 
Yes. Well, fear is something we all have and we all should have. You know, mm-hmm. fear keeps us safe. Yeah. And it's a it's an adaptive coping mechanism that God has placed inside of us. And yeah. we're afraid of something that is imminent. You know, uh-huh. it's either here right now or it's imminent. We worry. Worry is more pervasive. We kind of worry about different mm. things. Worry isn't really helpful. But, but I think, again, all of us worry, probably mm-hmm. especially anyone who's functioning in the world, I think you have to worry a little to Mm -hmm. get things done. But anxiety is maladaptive. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is not helpful for us. Mm -hmm. And, and what anxiety is, I always talk about it. I think we talked about this before with kids that like, it's like the one loop roller coaster at the fair. Yes. And the same is true for us. You know, we all have what are considered intrusive thoughts every day, thoughts Mm -hmm. that pop into our brain and get stuck when we have anxiety. If we don't have anxiety, they pop in and go right back out. But the way we know we're dealing with more anxiety is they get stuck. And so again, for parents, it's things like what's happening to her at school today? Is she okay? Has anybody talked to her? What's she doing? And we can end up losing an hour of the day just worrying. Yes. Okay. About any manner of things. Absolutely. So that where does that happen? Where does the worry turn into anxiety? Where does the loop start? Because you do see that. You see some people are able to have a worry and then let it go. Is it just when we allow ourselves to dwell on it too much? Is it when we're, well, my husband would say, we're talking about this as I prepared to talk to you. He's like, it's the internet. It's the phone. <laughs> people are feeding their worry because they're spending too much time on the internet. Well, yes, yes. I would 100% agree with him. Mm. I had a psychiatrist who said to me, the, what a screen does is it's, a, it's bombarding our brains with images mm-hmm. and it is moving us into an anxious state in our brain. It's mm-hmm. actually activating our amygdala because there's so much data coming in. Yeah. And so I definitely agree with him. Tell mm-hmm. him he's right on. Okay. <laughs> and I think it's a lot of things too. I think yeah. a lot of us have that genetic propensity. Mm-hmm towards worry and anxiety. And I do think it is, it's really not doing the work because anxiety left untreated only gets worse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, you're younger than I am, but a lot of us were not in counseling growing up. Mm -mm. Our parents Mm -hmm. were not talking about emotions. We weren't learning how to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. That was helpful. We weren't learning good coping strategies. And so I think it has brewed and brewed and brewed inside of us. And then you have kids. And Mm. so it creates this perfect storm of all of these things coming together. Mm. And again, I think often it feels like I really do need to think through this, that I'm problem solving rather than I'm worrying to the point that it's anxious. Oh, you need to tell me that it. 2, 3 a.m. when you wake up, right? <laughs> and you t- you're you convinced that I'm going to figure this out while I yes. lay here and yes. think about something that you're getting absolutely nowhere. Oh, right. We're just ruminating. We yeah. are. Hey, friends. I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals 
delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factors restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and use code Swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. friends, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to pause here real quick to make sure you know about an online math curriculum that I have been learning all about. CTC Math is an amazing homeschool curriculum, but also useful for extra math practice, kind of like a tutor at home if your kids go to school. Now, I learned about CTC Math through Dorenda Wilson, who we all know is the expert homeschool mom to eight, and I've been checking it out, and I'm so impressed with their video tutorial tutorials and summaries, which are clear, complete, and so easy to follow. A whole lot of families who have tried other math curriculums are delighted with how simple and straightforward CTC math is. The other cool thing is they offer a 12-month money-back guarantee, no questions asked. So that is good reason in itself to check it out. They have been just winning over a lot of families to this math curriculum. So go over to ctcmath.com, check it out, start your free trial. Let me know what you think once you check it out. I think you're going to love it. ctcmath.com. And now we'll get back to the show. What are the most common coping mechanisms parents or anyone who worries uses and why are they not effective? Well, I think that's part of it. I think ruminating, just staying Mm -hmm. stuck on the anxiety and thinking through and thinking through and thinking through. I always think there is, you know, obviously I feel like it's important to talk about our feelings, but there is this really fine line (laughs) where we go from thinking about it to all of a sudden the helicopter is going down and the blades are just, (gasps) you know, all the way down. (laughs) Yes. And so I think that is a part of it, that we Mm. allow ourselves, we entertain the thoughts Mm -hmm. longer than we need to, rather than replacing them with positive coping strategies that we can talk about too. Yes. But I think that would be one thing. And I think another coping strategy is I'm most worried about my child having to do hard things or something bad happening to them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to ensure that it doesn't. Ooh, yep, definitely. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to rescue them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, the two Mm -hmm. most common parenting strategies are escape and avoidance in light of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm going to step in and I'm going to fix it for them or pull them out or whatever manner of technique we use that in fact doesn't help at all. And it only makes them feel less capable, which is going to create more anxiety. So it's this self-fulfilling perpetuating cycle. Oh, I could totally see that. Yes. It's a Band-Aid for the moment, but it actually makes the problem on both sides worse. Exactly. Okay. So talk to us about a few positive coping mechanisms. What are some things we can do to to try to stop that from being contagious? Well, I I think there is this this difference of awareness versus hypervigilance. And Mm -hmm. hypervigilance is when it turns more into a problem. And Mm -hmm. so I mean, a few things I would say, one is I think you need 
somebody in your life that can say the helicopter's going down, you know, that can help you know when you're ruminating. And then I think too, and maybe we recognize the signs inside of ourselves too. When am I crossing over? Well, maybe it's when I'm repeating myself Mm. and I'm circling back to the same worries. Oh yeah. Maybe it's when my emotions are either bigger than the situation warrants or they're bigger than my child's Okay. in terms of this. Yep, huge. And and in those times, I want us to do things like, out, as silly as it is, it really does make such a difference. I want us to do our own deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And I love breath prayers where we're actually praying mm-hmm. some, some kind of scripture. I mean, mm-hmm. in this world, I'm going to have trouble. We breathe in and yep. Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. That we're breathing truths like that. I yes. think we need truths to counteract those worries that come into our brains. And mm-hmm. so scripture is an important way to do that. But I think we don't want to just, we want to catch the thought. Mm-hmm. We want to recognize when we get to that place, we want to stop it. But then we've got to replace, replace that thought it. with truth. Yes. And and often I'm sitting here looking at art in my office, but yeah. One of the things that we do is we try to reframe the thought. So, mm-hmm. you know, things like, as we said, parents feel I, in 2023, I think parents are not only more anxious, but they feel more like failures than I've ever seen mm-hmm. them before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're an anxious parent listening, I want you to loudly hear the two of us, because we would agree on this. Mm-hmm. I know, Monica, that every parent who's anxious cares so much about their kids. Mm-hmm. They're trying hard. They're really bright. They're mm-hmm. conscientious. Things matter to them. It's the same reasons kids are anxious. Mm. And so if you start to get tripped up in your anxiety, rather than thinking, darn it, I'm doing it again. I cannot even believe I'm going down this rabbit hole. Mm. I want you to think, Sissy and Monica said, this because this is because I'm a really yeah, good parent. I and I love my kids yes. and they matter to me. And mm. of course, I'm going to get tripped up in that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we can be more gentle with ourselves, I think it creates less anxiety rather than we're so mad and Mm. critical of ourselves and it just makes us more anxious. Absolutely. So putting a different frame around the thought like that can make Mm. a huge difference too. Oh, that's so good. Well, this book is packed with practical help. I mean, I highly recommend it. Whether you think you're anxious or not, I think most (laughs) of us have those worrying moments. Some of us, usually it's middle of the night. Others live with it all the time. But I want to just wrap up here Mm -hmm. as we get to the end by turning to a chapter in the back of the book, chapter 12, which is called Trust God. I think sometimes we're dealing with anxiety and we're talking about really practical things, but then there's a spiritual, but really God Mm. is in everything, right? You've already mentioned using scripture. I'm going to just read a little um, part of your chapter where you talk about something you saw on the internet and you saw it on social media, I guess it was, and you didn't name the source and that's fine, but it was somebody said, I relinquish my outcomes and trust that all things are working out in, oh, and trust that all things are working out in my favor. And you said, that's not the kind of trust we're talking about in this chapter, which I appreciated um, because the reality is sometimes things aren't going to work out, like you say, in the short term in our favor. And I often, you know, quote Romans 8, 28 to my boys that God promises to work all things out for our good and his glory, but our good Mm. doesn't always feel like our good in that moment. Mm. And so I think it's so important as this world gives us all these crazy messages, it can confuse us as we're trying to deal with real world anxiety. Um, 
but trusting God in the midst of it and his goodness. And so you share five byproducts of learning to trust God. And I thought these were really good for anyone dealing with anxiety, but also just for those of us just living in the world today. And so I don't think we have time to go deep into them, but can you just walk through these and then hopefully people can dive into the book and find more there. Yes. So starts with from context to context. And research mm. says anxiety is always looking for context. So it's 100%. looking for something to attach to. And, you know, the the emotion we're told to not experience the most is fear. And mm. every time we're told to fear not, mm. there's context. And the context is never about us. It's about God so and good. who he is and how he loves us. So context to context, grabbiness, I get really grabby when I'm anxious and controlling. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else. Oh, 100%. And grabbiness to gratitude. And mm-hmm. gratitude requires us to open our hands mm-hmm. and to be grateful for the things he's given us. From fear, which we are all living in the midst of, to reminders of his faithfulness, which mm-hmm. is actually a cognitive behavioral therapy tool mm-hmm. that we look for evidence. And when we see the good he's done, that's what's going to be on our minds. That's going to have more weight for us. From yes. worry to wonder. When we can have a sense of wonder, it can ground us to the present moment because worry exists in the present. From pressure, because we feel pressure too much today, to promise, to anchoring to God's promises. And then from trouble, like John 16, 33, in this world, we're going to have trouble circling back around to trust. And I, you know, I think after I wrote this book was when the covenant shooting happened. And, And Monica, I think that the probably the most powerful picture I have of that is so I because I was at the reunification center and have been doing this for a while I ended up doing some different news coverage Mm -hmm. conversations Mm -hmm. and I ended up on CNN on they asked me to come down the next morning to do this live segment on CNN and I was a nervous wreck I I was a total wreck (laughs) live CNN and I had been at that center for probably four hours. I'd counseled three hours after that. I'd been on interviews for probably three hours after that. So I was exhausted. Exhausted. And I wasn't paying attention. And I, because it's my neighborhood, I thought I knew where I was going. And I thought I was going to kind of a trailer that was going to be like a studio set up in there. Well, I didn't realize it was outside. I didn't take a coat. It was really cold this morning in March. And so I go down and I find the producer and I walk around and it's not even an interview. It's I'm talking directly to the camera and mm. they're interviewing me from New York with a thing. And I mean, I just, I was so, I was such a wreck. And I, I don't, when I get really cold, this is such a silly thing about me. My na- kneecaps shake. My kneecaps <laughs> go up and down. And so I was standing there and my uh, kneecaps were shaking oh. and I didn't know if it was because I was cold or I was scared. And you felt I, like everyone could see the kneecaps shaking. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, and I'm so sad. I'm just yeah, of so course. sad. Everything at once. And yes. And I turned around as I was waiting to go on and there was, I didn't realize it was right across the street from Covenant, like they mm. do with the White House. Mm. And so I was standing there across the street from Covenant, and there was the sign for the Covenant School. And because of the week that it was, right next to it was the sign for their Easter service. Mm. And I just thought, I have no clue what to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to categorize this in my brain. And mm-hmm. that's it. Like, that is the only answer right there, mm. that in the darkest day in Nashville's history, We are looking towards Easter Mm. and this is not the end. And I think in the midst of any trouble that we're encountering, 
that is the only reason in my life that I can have trust. Mm-hmm. And I want that trust to be woven into the fabric of who I am. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That is so beautiful. And I love that you mentioned from context to context, because I do think, like you said, we always want to put context to our fears and our worries, but we get to choose, right? If we're going to find something that's going to confirm our fears, which we can find, you can always find something to tell you, yes, you have a reason to fear, or if we're going to turn to God's word and all the places where he says, do not fear. And I love that you have a good long list in the book of different places where we're told not to fear and why we don't need to fear. And they're Mm. all really good reasons. So thank you for just all the tools. You too. No, this is so good. All the tools we need all right here in one book. Um, I did not warn you before we hopped on, but um, something you said made me think of a question I'm trying to ask all my guests this year since my book, since my book Raising Amazing came out, the word amazing I define as a pleasant surprise or something that causes wonder. And you just there talked about something that caused wonder, but um, I'm like, I'm trying to ask all of my guests if you can share something recently or currently in your life that has been amazing, something that has caused you to wonder or that's been a pleasant surprise? I I would say just in this last week, so I mentioned that we have a little summer retreat program mm-hmm. that I'm the director of. And so I just spent a week with juniors and seniors in high school. And, and this particular group of kids, there are a lot of really hard stories. There's mm-hmm. a boy who has lost both of his parents. Mm-hmm. Can you even imagine in mm-hmm. high school? Mm-hmm. There's a girl who lost her sister. There are two kids who've had cancer. I mean, it's just a lot of really hard things. And, and we do Bible studies with them every morning and night, but they're, you know, counselors are running it. So it's very much emotionally driven and Mm -hmm. sharing about their stories. And, and one of the girls who has had cancer looked at somebody else who had, I mean, I think she was having trouble with friends at school and, this girl said, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, especially compared to what some of you all have been through. And this girl who has walked, walked through cancer twice looked at her and she said, no, no, that's not true. Pain is pain. Mm, mm. And every bit of pain is valuable. And we want to hear it because we mm. care about you. Oh, and, bless her. And wow. I, I know. I, that <laughs> of all just people to felt say like, it. exactly. I yeah. mean, what a powerful message coming from her. And so that was just a moment of some wonder at the resilience and amazing parts of who kids are. Absolutely. Oh, and you're making such a difference in those kids. So, uh, well, if people want to hop on and just find you and follow you right now, where's the best place they can go? Raisingboysandgirls.com is where Mm -hmm. all things are from books to podcasts to all the things. And then I am, as is David Thomas, we're very active on social media, trying to help as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I am at Sissy Goff. And then he and I kind of alternate on Raising Boys and Girls, talking about boys and girls. Such a great team there. Well, thank you, Sissy, Mm -hmm. so much for your time. Excited about this book. Hope everybody gets to read it and um, just appreciate you. Well, appreciate you. It's so great to see you. Thank you so much. God bless. Aloha. All right, guys, I hope you were encouraged by that conversation and you will find links to Sissy Goff, her social media and her new book, The Worry-Free Parent, Living in Confidence So Your Kids Can Too, in show notes. And you can find today's show notes at monicaswanson.com 
forward slash sissy dash goff. All right, sissy dash goff, G-O-F-F. All right, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spreading the word about this podcast, for your ratings and reviews, for all the ways you help build this community. I love to serve you here and I want to keep doing it well. Okay, so God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha. Aloha.